Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Spinner. Welcome to Notebook, a guide to art, culture and tourism in Tokyo. My name is Stuart Monroe and around this time each Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I'll bring news and views from Japan. On today's episode, we look at two art exhibitions that are equally elaborate and emotional. But first, confectionery. The Japanese confectioner Saka Maseka, whose suites featured in the Studio Ghibli film Grave of the Fireflies, is closing its doors after 114 years. The Tokyo-based company will end operations next year, on January the 20th, with representatives attributing the closure to the rising cost of raw materials and energy prices, as well as the challenge of hiring new staff. And according to Tokyo Shoko Research, the unlisted company also had a net loss last year of 152 million yen, that's just over 1 million US dollars. The iconic tin of Sakamashiki candy drops first went on sale in 1908, and in its factories in Tokyo, Osaka and Manchuria were all destroyed during World War II. The company had been founded by Shōjiro Sakama, an entrepreneur from Chiba inspired by the popularity of candy imported into Japan, who wanted a domestic version that could be exported abroad. Sadly, Sakama's sweets proved less successful, but found enough fans in Japan to fill shelves around the country for more than a century. The company was eventually revived in 1948 under different ownership, and has remained a fixture in shops and supermarkets nationwide ever since. And although the Sakamashiki suites are going away, an almost identical version will be made by another company, also called Sakamaseka, but written with different Japanese characters. And as if to compound the confusion, both companies also hail from Tokyo. Life would seem to imitate art this week, with global financial markets and wildlife both mimicking the present-day turbulence of fact and fiction. Monday's note reported on two pet African ball pythons from Tochigi, released into a local field after their owner had suddenly disappeared. And Documentary Dream Show, a screening at K-Cinema in Shinjuku, a film from last year's Yamagata International Documentary Film Festival, which moved temporarily online due to the pandemic. Wednesday's note focused on the economy, with plans in Japan to return inbound tourism to pre-pandemic levels by 2025. While the first lunar eclipse and sight of Uranus in 445 years was also greeted by the first catch of snow crab for the coming winter season, a stable part of all menus in the run-up to this year's end-of-year celebrations. Today's note, however, looks at two exhibitions about drawing and nature. Each one presents lines that do more than just communicate language, and appear in their own way as wild and even untamed. The latest exhibition at the gallery Taki Ninagawa by Gozo Yoshimazu entitled Voix explores the blurred distinction between spoken sound and meaning. Voix, the French word for voice, presents an installation of written works on paper, text that's carefully scribed and later scribbled on, 
producing an oral version of the surrounding space when read aloud. Yoshimaz is a poet and visual artist who emerged in 1964, and since then he's produced poems exploring the boundaries of language and written text. His poetry is characterised by movement, and his readings are based upon improvisation, making poetry ever variable, emphasised by variation in rhythm, sound and speed. During his lifetime he's published more than 30 collections, and is considered one of the key figures in contemporary Japanese poetry. He's also acknowledged to have greatly contributed to the 60s radicalism movement, bottling the raw power of language, while more recently being drawn to the act of listening. His poems look more like a musical score than a text, and it's a practice that's expanded in photography and other visual arts, combining video with spontaneous readings to create what he calls gozosini, a swirl of sounds, letters, and voices swarming around imagery. Across town at the Tokyo National Museum of Modern Art, Shinro Take's retrospective of more than 500 works spanning 40 or more years is a swarm of its own making. A satellite show entitled Copper Age 1978-2022 at Ginza Atrium, a gallery within the Ginza 6 department store, showcases works he made in 2015 at STPI, a gallery based in Singapore. The paperworks there are finished with the neon yellow frames, referencing the spread of uranium or yellow cake and radiation in the wake of the Great East Japan Earthquake and Fukushima disasters of 2011. But the main works focus on 44 years worth of copper etching, serving as lyrically geographic and markers for the places he's visited and some of his earliest encounters, from Hockney to hints of unspoken influence from the likes of Basquiat. He mentions that something clicked when he discovered etching, and saw the process of duplicating images scored and etched into copper as generating simple yet emotional pictures. Lines on paper can be forgettable, he says, but here they possess all sorts of meaning, from a soft line describing wind, to a furious line that fires off in all directions. They have their own character that can change through the corrosion process and be vastly different to a line drawn in pen or charcoal. Etching is also three-dimensional and not simply flat. Metals cut, then corroded with chemicals, and then filled with ink. Etching a line, he says, can be a wild and primitive process. Shinro Take's Copper Age 1978-2022 at Ginza Atrium in Ginza 6 continues until November the 21st, and Vua by Gozo Yoshimazu at Takininagawa runs until December the 17th. That's all for now. I'll be back for next week's first instalment on Monday, November the 14th. If you enjoyed this episode, you might consider rating us on Apple Podcasts, or even think about spreading the word online. Until then, thanks for listening. This continues to be Notebook. Notebook.